and welcome to Demystifying Tech from Business Cloud. I'm Alice Hardiker, and this week I'm joined by Business Cloud editor Jonathan Simcox. Morning. And Tech Manchester's Patricia Keating. Hello. I thought I'd do full name this week. Oh. Google you. Well, I mean, we could get into the whole amount of names I have, but it's probably... Yeah, I mean, on last week's show, I mean, have you been into the AI dungeon since last week? Uh, Tink the Scavenger um, has started doing stuff with the man with the long beard. In fact, they got married. <laughs> And they had babies and um, have now become king and queen of scavenger land. <laughs> Just let you know. If you don't know what we're talking about, and I don't blame you, because this is the <laughs> weirdest conversation ever, um, go check out last week's show where we played a version of, uh, well, I suppose Dungeons and Dragons in mm. a way, um, but the game was completely dictated by AI and things got weird for Tink Very the Scavenger. <laughs> Very <laughs> quickly. <weird. laughs> um, okay, later on in this week's show, um, I'll be heading to Sheffield to meet a little company making uh, data big fun with VR. Um, But first, I thought we'd uh, start by preparing our listeners for the next big tech thing before it becomes the next big thing. Um, That thing is called Quibi, uh, which gets its name from Quick Bites. Any guesses what Quick Bites is? It's going to be huge. Was this Harry Potter? I was thinking Quidditch. Quidditch. Quibi is uh, a video uh, platform. It's only available via an app. Uh, I suppose it's really a media company, but you can only download the Quibi app to watch content which is no more than 10 minutes long, which includes films and television. Now, I thought there's no way this is going to work. No one wants to watch a film 10 minutes at a time, except that, and this is the reason I bring it up, they have some huge stars already on board for this new medium. Uh, some of them are uh, Guillermo del Toro, who's he's the guy behind The Shape of Water, which okay. was a big deal a couple of yep. years ago. He did uh, Pan's Labyrinth and Hellboy before that as well. Reese Witherspoon's also on board, although we don't know what for yet. And most importantly, Steven Spielberg has created a television show each episode of which will be just 10 minutes long. long. Yeah. Uh, Now, in Spielberg's horror series, After Dark, um, the show can only be viewed... After the sunset. Yeah, after yes. dark. Sorry. Uh, and, and, so, and it'll use your location. Are like on the television <laughs> it, or your phone? I don't know. Um, so it uses your location data to check that it is actually dark. And that's the only time that you can watch this new uh, show. So you can only watch this show on that app uh-huh. for 10 minutes yep. in the dark. It's a lot of rules. But apparently that's what Steven Spielberg wanted, and he does tend to get what he wants. What if the lamp's on? Uh, well, obviously then... If you're working you off your phone, it? Yeah, Whatever so time it just needs to be dark outside, that's all. What happens if it's British summertime, and it's like 11 o'clock at night and it's still light? Where does well, that then fit? You, you won't be able to watch it. Really? Yeah, after sunset. So you won't even be able to watch this stuff in the summer, because it never really gets dark, does it? No, not till really late. Yeah. Um, uh, so apparently, Norway and anywhere in the Arctic Circle. <laughs> yeah, they never get to see it. <laughs> Forget it, sorry. Um, there'll be three hours total content delivered every day to the subscribers and it's reported that alongside TV shows there will also be films split up into 10 minutes and new segments as well which to me makes a lot more sense what an entire film in segments of 10 minutes that's right yeah it's yeah. a bit like that. Oh, you probably don't know this, but there's Stephen King when he wrote the Green Mile. He wrote it in six installments. It's like an old, an old way of doing it. You know, pop literature. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, so it's One kind of going back. Time. Is it to do with maybe the attention span that people have? <laughs> it's more to do with the amount of time people have than right. the attention span. So the idea being that you know we have all these apps on our phones like Netflix and iPlayer, but you wouldn't 
open those apps if you were, let's say, waiting in the doctor's office or, mm-hmm. you know, you were just waiting for a friend for 10 minutes. You don't tend to go to those pieces of content because these are designed to just fill small gaps. Yeah. And, I, and they haven't said Because you couldn't it. sit there doing nothing. No, for I know, yeah. Just, uh, you know, nothing for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the tech's interesting for me because... Well, I suppose actually one of the one of the things that they're not saying, but I know everyone's going to do, is sit on the loo and watch this stuff. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely, lads. One hundred. Definitely. Well, I mean, this is taken to the to the back days of when you used to take magazines and newspapers. And all yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. Same thing. Um, but it's interesting though because all of the all of this content's actually filmed both in um, landscape mode, which is obviously how you'd normally watch TV. It's also filmed simultaneously in portrait mode as well, which means you can hold your phone the, the way you normally hold it. And you get full screen experience. It's been filmed in that aspect ratio. We're going to have an explosion time. of dumb walkers everywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now, some people have called this a Netflix competitor, but I'm wondering if maybe this kind of sort of, I hate the term snackable, but snackable content is actually a bit more of a threat to things like podcasts, which are things that you can just sort of whip out for 10 minutes and, and listen to whilst you're waiting to do something else. It's more of a competitor to social media, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, scrolling. Instead of, basically, instead of people searching for... Because you can multitask when you're doing podcasts. So mm-hmm. podcasts you can put on, yeah. driving, yeah. cleaning, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's it's almost like background uh, noise where you're doing something else. But when you're on social media, what you're looking to do, you're looking to watch yeah. a video or some or something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. So find something. Fill 10 minutes. Yeah. So this kind of takes out the, the pain points of having to find that video and actually delivering like a, a yeah. an experience, I suppose, which is tailored to that 10 minutes my, my issue with it is if they're breaking up a one-hour program mm-hmm. into six segments because uh, a three-hour frust- movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna take you months well, to it, it'd just be frustrating won't it you know you're yeah. just putting it down oh, oh, I forgot. it's finished you, <sighs> get to, you get get to the 29th day and you go oh what was what was the start again <laughs> <laughs> but i guess that's how you read books right that's you know, yeah. that's, that's how a lot of content is consumed, not all in one go. I mean, it's only recently stuff like Netflix where you can binge a whole series and sit down for four hours and yeah. go through the whole thing. Um, I but, wonder what the neuroscience is behind it in terms of how your brain reacts to reading a book for 10 minutes compared yeah. to watching content for 10 yeah. minutes. I wonder what the yeah. neuroscience is behind it. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not a neuroscientist. I don't yeah. know. But I do know that it's... Satis- it's going to be our next level of mental well-being issues yeah. off the back of... Mm. It, it, but it, I'm sure it's satisfying to watch something that has where there is a chapter marker. So let's say I wouldn't watch a TV show that was made to be watched over half an hour in 10 minutes. But if it's made to be watched in 10-minute intervals, Mm. then it will stop satisfyingly at 10 minutes. And that means that I can put it away rather than just pausing at a random point and then having to come back to it later and try and figure out what that scene was. Imagine a cliffhanger every 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) How does that work in real life? (laughs) EastEnders in 10 minutes every 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know it comes at a time when TV it, like I said is getting longer as well and the amount of series that you have to watch I don't know anyone that hasn't got three or four series that they me- are meaning to watch but will just mm. never get around to and maybe it's a, a solution to that I mean what do you guys think does this sound like something you'd both be interested in you know because I, I, to be honest I feel like it solves both of your needs Trish you are the busiest woman <laughs> I know It'll barely get you in here for half an hour and John you, you're on baby number three as well so for both of you I feel like 10 minutes he's minute, the busier there he's yeah. the busier <laughs> I feel like 10 minutes worth of TV you know that satisfying ends after 10 minutes surely is a really, really good thing I'd say if you had 10 spare minutes you'd probably just sleep 
read a book really i mean yeah. just just to pick a book up or, or an old school retro computer game where you can pick it up and play it for 10 yeah. minutes as opposed yeah. to putting an hour into an adventure game or something like that yeah you know that's that's what these experiences were sort of made for well yeah. that and to steal 10p coins from children yeah you know. i'm not bought into it no nah, not not for me i it's, mean uh, what does steven spielberg know anyway <laughs> about filmmaking yeah, <laughs> forget it. i'm all for it i really like it oh I mean, yeah can we not do a whole genre of what these movies would look like if they were then done in 10 minutes <laughs> they should definitely do that they should definitely edit you know yeah. like the director's Ghostbusters in, in Gremlins yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Lord of the Rings in yeah. 10 minutes <laughs> the full saga no yeah. no 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 no. Frodo yeah. okay. he's got a ring oh he's giving it back the end there you go it's easy <laughs> I uh, think the, uh, the, the final scene was, was at least 30 minutes wasn't it in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> anyway it's, uh, there's a US release um, scheduled for April and it's going to be $8 a month um, no UK release date yet although I imagine uh, maybe May sometime after that is when the UK um, will get the app as well we That'd should revisit this stuff at the end should. of the year Alistair some yeah. kind of Christmas episode where yeah. we're like how did that stuff do yeah and I will tell you yeah. in December that my toilet visits have been hugely improved <laughs> ever since the introduction of this app <laughs> Okay, so uh, from video to VR, um, I had a chat with Laura Smith. She's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Slanted Theory. Uh, What they're trying to do is use VR headsets outside of kind of gaming and entertainment to actually increase people's understanding of huge data sets. This was the most minority report style thing um, (laughs) I have ever tried. Here's uh, my chat with Laura. Uh, My name is Laura Smith, and I am CEO and co-founder of Slanted Theory. And Slanted Theory will be best described as a VR company, a data company. How would you describe it? Uh, A bit of both. So we're a data company that utilizes virtual and augmented reality, essentially XR technology, which is kind of the umbrella term for VR and AR. And uh, your product, uh, Alara, is that right? Alara. Alara. Tell me a bit more about that and how it's using those technologies to kind of help businesses out. Okay, so Alara is essentially a data visualization and analytics piece of software that utilizes virtual and augmented reality. So essentially what we do is we take large-scale data or uh, people's companies' data, users' data, and we put it through our software. Uh, Users can upload it through the web portal. And then we take it into a 3D visualization, which allows people to actually explore the data within a 3D environment. And we're about to try that in a second. I'm excited to jump in. What are the benefits, you know, of, of VR over a, a monitor, a computer, a kind of traditional computer screen? For those who haven't tried VR before and don't understand the potential, what, what are the potentials of the technology? Okay, so a 3D environment is just like working in everyday life. I mean, we all work, walk around and use 3D generally. So the, within the 3D environment, it means that we can have a lot more data within 3D than we can do in 2D. So you're kind of limited by, a monitor gives you limited space to look at information, and you generally have like lots of bar charts and pie charts, which is a dirty word here. Um, but you kind of, you end up looking at a lot of these, it gets time, quite time consuming, a little bit boring, should I say. But with if you could take that data and you put it into a 3D environment, you're creating new visualizations which could bring all of those graphs together into one graph and allow it to be completely interactive. So you can pull it apart, you can break it apart, you can move it around, and it's fully dynamic and a lot more engaging. Um, and for those people imagining that it's just a 3D bar chart in virtual reality, there's much more to it than that. Can you tell me a bit about what the you know possibilities are and the type of things that you've already created that mean that data is more interesting and more relevant and more contextual? 
Yeah, so um, there, don't think about 3D bar charts or by charts. The idea of this is that you're creating, we're creating 3D visualizations which are a little bit more abstract, uh, designed around the data themselves uh, to demonstrate and fully give to you information from a number of different data sources, essentially. Um, some of the things that we've worked on have been things like uh, water. Uh, we've taken 100 years worth of water and visualized it for users to have a look at. And we can instantly see through visualization uh, what those water levels are over every single year. Um, we've also looked at things like HR analytics with some of our clients and look at the connections between people within organizations. Um, that's something that's a lot more difficult to see and a lot more messy when you're looking at it in 2D. Um, and also things like uh, customer data. So we've, we've done visualizations that look around uh, looking at the customer data, the agent data, and generally contact center information. So there's a lot of ways that the data links and it's easier to represent it in 3D than it is in 2D. Uh, and for people imagining that there's going to be people in the office with VR headsets on, you know, pinching around into the air and things, that is exactly what you're hoping will happen. Absolutely, yeah. We want to see this commonplace in, in any enterprise. We don't want it to just be focused on people like data scientists. The, the idea of Valera is it's completely collaborative and you can bring in a large amount of data and have two different people asking two different questions of the same data at the same time or even uh, exploring the data from different aspects and, and drilling down into it all in real time together so that it's a little bit more agile, a little bit more flexible. So I could be asking a question of the data, you could be asking a different question of that data. And as we drill down and discover and explore and make and find those insights, we can then adapt those questions. This idea came about when you and your co-founder who are already working in research and data, is it fair to say that you'd got to a point where you were tired of looking at bar graphs and, and this is why this happened? Absolutely, yeah, because <laughs> we, you, see, you see a lot of Excel spreadsheets and a lot of different data formats and it's just numbers after numbers and it just gets tiring. You get number blind. Everybody talks about getting number blind. When it comes to data, uh, people that work with it, even people who really love it, the strange people who love spending time in spreadsheets all day, uh, even for them, I think there's, you know, it's taken very seriously, the, the crunching of numbers, the looking at data, looking at trends, it's very dry. And you're allowing people to have fun when they look at the data because actually that's part of how you help someone get interested enough and remember enough to get that comprehension on a deeper level. Visualizations creates a common language and you don't have to have data science skills in order to be able to understand and look at trends within a visualization. Uh, right, uh, should we try a demonstration of this? I think you've, you've got one planned and you're, and you're actually going to step into the demonstration with me yep. uh, to kind of show me, I, I guess, a, a use case when, uh, when it comes to actually showing people how, how the data works. So, do you just want to tell me what we're, I, I don't know where you are, where are you? You're over here somewhere. I'm, I'm here. Gotcha, gotcha, right. Uh, I, you are, uh, Laura, in the simulation with me. Mm -hmm. uh, to my right, you're <laughs> giving me a wave. Uh, as this kind of a green man, you're using Oculus controllers, is that right? To, to uh, as hands, which gives you the ability to, to to wave to me, to point to stuff, but then I guess also to move the visualization around as well. Yeah, that's right. So we're not in as as men. So actually, the avatars in here are um, androgynous. Mm -hmm. 
the idea of a layer is meant to be that everybody looks the same, so we don't introduce bias when it comes down to meetings and to presentations. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman or whether you're a man, what colour you look like. Uh, we don't want any of that in here. We want everybody to be on the same level when it comes to uh, meeting within the VR environment and analysing data. So we try to take away that kind of gender, race bias within, mm -hmm. this, within the space. So. so what it means is no funny avatars when you when you come in and log in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. Everybody looks the same or everybody just has a, a general different rainbow colour. Um, it's all about focusing on the data and finding something within that and working together as a team. Uh, and then when it comes to the actual visualisation in the middle, I'm stood inside a massive uh, blue room with a grid on the floor and in the centre uh, there is a sphere surrounded by a couple of rings. Look, it looks a bit like uh, a planet, I suppose. Uh, off that, uh, some more spheres down the bottom, um, which are countries by the looks of it. I suppose a, a graph in front of that to the left, kind of difficult to describe. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, this is, is this a typical visualisation and uh, of, of, of business data? What are we looking at here? Uh, so we're looking at, this is the first ever visualisation that we did. And uh, it's a mixture of like 2D bar charts. I know we said that was a dirty word. Uh, 2D elements within 3D to kind of get you thinking in more of a 3D environment. So we've got in the centre, it's kind of like a data universe. In the center, we have Nisoft, which is the company, and we have all of the uh, customer data around Nisoft, which is in the middle. And we have uh, to the right, we have, sorry, to the left, we have uh, the actual call handling information. So this visualization has four different data sets within it. So we've got call handling, customer, and agent data. So we can grab this arrow here and actually merge all of that data together. And then we can see over the course of September where and when they're actually hitting their targets. And for the majority of it here, you can see that they're not. The graph that we're looking at has tons and tons of data points. I'm not sure if you know how many, but my guess would be, oh, I'm bad at guessing the amount of numbers, maybe sort of 500 or so different data points. Um, I suppose another thing that's really good is that whilst you're showing me it, rather than me being sat down in front of a, a presentation screen, I'm stood up and also able to kind of move around and make things make sense to me as, as you're uh, showing me them. So just instinctively there, whilst you were showing me those pieces of data, I was able to kind of move forward and get a bit closer, almost like I was looking at, um, I suppose, something that was, that was real, that was on the table. It means I can zoom in, but I don't, it's so instinctual that I don't think of myself as zooming in. I'm just stepping forward and getting closer into that part that you were talking about. Yeah, it's great. The, it's, it's really interesting when we actually look at our users using this, uh, they forget that it's not a real object mm -hmm. and when we ask them to walk around the visualization because we have more data points here as well they forget that they can actually walk through it that it doesn't really exist so we often see a lot of people sort of limboing a little bit to get around <laughs> yeah. and sort of leaning back it's really it's, it's kind of funny it's, it's great fun it won't be the first time uh, that i think someone's uh, said that this this whole user interface, the way that you've uh, interacted with it with your hands is a, is a little bit minority report. For me, at least for anyone who's seen the film, it's definitely more uh, advanced than that because you're not just moving around pieces of information in 2D. You can actually turn all of this information around, look at it from whatever way makes, makes sense uh, to you. In terms of the film, and I suppose sci-fi films like it, was that an inspiration at all, or, is, or have you, you know, taken a more kind of research data uh, head towards the design of it? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of inspiration that can come out of films. I mean, you think back to all of the sci-fi films back in the uh, sort of 30s, 40s and 50s, and a lot of the stuff that we've seen there has come to fruition mm -hmm. in the future. You can take so much inspiration out of that. So, yeah, Iron Man, uh, Minority Report, all yeah. of that sort of does come into play in terms of interaction. But you're right in the sense of those were still mo moving sort of flat images yeah. around on, on a screen rather than it actually being fully interactive and, and immersed in that experience. And I, and I suppose staying on films as well, you, as you mentioned, you're hoping that in, in future, uh, people will just be able to throw on a pair of very, very intelligent sunglasses and have, mm. have a similar experience. The concept of Iron Man being able to you know, tap his glasses and see certain visualizations and certain um, data aspects coming throughout them. I mean, that is, that, that's the hope for the future, definitely. We can, that we'll have more information at our fingertips. Uh, now, quizzes every now and again in the show um, are welcomed by the both of you. It's a reason I yeah. come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this time, usually I'll tell you both ahead of time that a quiz is coming, but I thought this time I'm not going to let either of you practice and I'm not going to, because do you know what I'm tired of? I'm tired. I'll turn this car around if you guys keep fighting about who's won. Okay, it's a new year. But I've already won. So. No, you haven't. You ha <laughs> I will turn this car around and we will go home. Um, I don't want it. It's a new year, everything's set back to zero, and there will be more quizzes in future, but guys, this is, this is your chance to get off on the right foot for the year. Um, new figures have revealed uh, the UK tech investors last year created eight tech unicorns, uh, all businesses worth a billion US dollars or more, uh, and these unicorns formed part of a UK tech sector which last year secured a total of £10 billion in uh, investment. Uh, that's £3 billion more than in 2018, so the sector looks good, um, but I thought what I'd do is see how many of those eight tech unicorns that have been made unicorns this year you can name. Is. Oh, this is not fair. Jonathan's definitely going to win this The one. twist for this game is that every guess that you get wrong I'm Are we going to say unicorn or donkey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I haven't put much thought into the creative of this one. Yeah, I okay. like that. Okay, so I don't know. So you have to say whether it's a unicorn or a donkey. That's right. And if you and if you get it wrong, Are we getting close because yeah, just. I'll give you. Let's see how you both do, and then I'll I'll maybe give you both a bit of a hand as as fairly as I can. All right, I'm going to take a risk. I think this was actually a unicorn in 2018, but I'm going to say Oak North. Oak North, uh, October 2017 is oh. when they got their $1 billion valuation. John is on minus one. Trish, that means you're winning without having done anything yet. But do you want to offer a business into the mix? Um, it's really not easy, is it? He's become a unicorn in the last 12 months. I don't know. Boohoo? Boohoo is a, a good guess. Uh, it's not right, though. <laughs> so you get minus one. Okay. The Hook Group. Uh, the Hook Group. Another great guess. February 2016 oh. is when they got their $1 billion. Uh, valuation, so that's minus two for you, John. Shall I give you both? I'll give you both the first bit of bit of help. Yes. Uh, a London-based AI-powered health tech firm. Babylon Health. Babylon Health, John. <laughs> this is not going to be fair. You so, write news so, stories tech, on this stuff every day. Tech Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> not Tech London. Google DeepMind. Google DeepMind, you know what you've done there, John? I've taken my point away. You've just taken oh, your point away. Yes! Oh, no. Sickens. <laughs> uh, Trish, here's one for you. Cambridge-based medical robotics firm. And the only thing I can think about when I think of Cambridge is that one that's not really obviously mm -hmm. going to be it. Which you, Cambridge what? Analytica. Oh. CMR Robotics. Uh, CMR Robotics, well done, John. Damn it. I'm going to take a point off If I don't Analytica. give an answer, do I lose a point? No, but you obviously can't. 
can't gain any that way either. Yeah, but uh, if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to say Oh, you're just going to wait for John to keep guessing his way yes. into minus figures? Well, no, <laughs> if I know it, I'll guess it. But if yeah. I'm not, if I don't think I know it, which probably won't. Uh, here's one for you that I think you, you will both know, um, and it's to do with transport. Anything? Transport? Well, transport by rail. Um, Some kind of rail technology that's become a unicorn. Is it the train line? It's the train line. Oh. Is it? Yeah. That's one for you. Yeah, that's great. That's that become is. a unicorn. Well that's done. mad, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say Traxxas in Leeds, but I don't think that's it. Oh, minus one, John. No, no, yes. no, that's no, no. That wasn't. No, because uh, he took my stupid camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There'll be no jokes in this game. No. Not whilst I'm in charge. Uh, here's another. Uh, Everybody uh, ever tell you that you kind of sound like like an English Terry Wogan? <laughs> Terry Wogan, except without the Irish, uh, the Irish lilt. It makes no sense. Um, I mean, it's. I'm going to take it as a compliment. Yeah. Not enough to give you another point. Uh, I know you're not going to get all of them, so I'm I'm just going to throw out one more um, one more clue, and then I'll I'll put you out of your misery. An energy company. Bulb. Look, look what you've done, John. Minus one. Trish oh. in the lead. Um, I didn't. An energy company. An energy. Become... An energy company, and it's the company's name is something energy, and the, that something is octopus. Th- is three letters minus one, John. Ovo. <laughs> you keep doing this yourself. Ovo. Yeah, but I mean, you've not. I mean, well done, but you've not. Yeah. You've come out on, it, <laughs> with less points than you started. Is he on a, a minus now? He is on my. Yes. I'm not sure if you've so. even got a question an answer right yet. I you? did. I got one. Which one? Train line. I'm going to put you out of your misery here. Here, here they all are in order. The, the London FinTech as a service platform, Rapid, with a Y, oh. Cambridge-based medical robotics firm, CMR Surgical, London-based AI health tech firm, Babylon Health, uh, SumUp, a mobile payments firm, uh, FinTech payments firm, Checkout, Acurus, Trainline, and Ovo Energy. Thanks. So, Trish, here's, here's what points you're on. Let me just tell you. Do, 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 get the calculator right there. You'll need it. You're on minus one. Uh, John, you are on... John, you're on minus five. Yeah. That's an Alan Davies score on QI. It is, yeah. I think I'm going to get a crown that we have to, like, pass over. I have to say, Trish, I'm, I'm... you know, I'm glad that you've won and you played a good game. I did. But Very you both strategic. Came out, but you both came out of this with minus figures. Neither of you have smashed this game. Well, I mean, I'm going to take the win. I got a few right. And I'm going to take the win. John, can you at least agree that Trish has won that one? And then at least we don't have to go through another year of you arguing over who won what. Let's just get you on record saying... Trish won this one. Yes, I concede. Oh. Yeah. It hurt him to say, but it's true. <laughs> well, I think the rules are stupid. But... <laughs> the Paul Workman blames his tools. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm going to bring another quiz next week. Yes. Well, it's, not, it's not a podcast if we don't, don't offer any answers, is it? <laughs> no. Uh, and you'll have time to redeem yourself uh, next week, John. Uh, I guess, is there anything that you're particularly strong on that you'd like to bring, you know, quiz-themed next week? I'm going to rule out retro gaming and football. Oh, probably know a little bit about immersive tech. Right. Yeah. Expect a quiz on that next week, listeners. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have to come back as well to defend your crown. With my actual crown. <laughs> <laughs>